This is CyberSound, your simplified and fundamentals-focused source for all things cybersecurity, with your hosts, Jason Pufall and Stephen Mareska. Welcome to CyberSound. I'm your host, Jason Pufall, uh, joined, as always, by Steve Mareska and Matt Fasaro. Hey, guys. Hey. hey. How are you? So, are we going to chat about a, an uplifting topic today? Uh, the maybe the burgeoning economic unrest in the cybersecurity industry? I mean, honestly, with the, with the, the economy the way it is and, and perhaps a recession looming or, or maybe almost already here, uh, you know, are we seeing a, a downturn finally in uh, sort of the security industry to some degree? Certainly preparations for leaner times, I think is a fair thing to say. Yeah, I mean, NASDAQ is down 20%, I think, to your, uh, your date at this point. Right, most of the tech stocks are in that. Um, yeah, it, it looks like a lot of the CEOs of at least publicly traded companies are looking to downsize workforce, uh, probably to meet some shareholder demands. Right. Um, see, Cyber Reason has said to be doing some of that with. I forget exactly what the percentages they're cutting. I think they're taking down about a hundred people. Yeah, right? I think they said ten percent of their workforce. Yep. Them. Uh, Sentinel One is down. 66%. Uh, CrowdStrike down 35%. So th there's some big numbers that we're looking at as far as uh, coming down off their highs uh, in the stock markets. Which, Despite, by all respects, uh, you know, being ahead of revenue for right. projections this year, at least. Exactly. Well, so, and, and that's the challenging part, right? So the, the companies that you just mentioned are all you know, pretty big players in, say, the ransomware prevention industry. And we're seeing a push, right? Like insurance companies are pushing using these products. Uh, certainly, you know, we'll talk about that. Like, the, you know, like an EDR and MDR being a sort of a fundamental control. Uh, their businesses are doing well, and yet they're laying off employees. And you know, obviously, to your point, the stock market's killing them. Yeah, yeah. Growth, growth stocks are getting murdered right now. They're usually the first to go when you've got some type of recession on your hands. Right, or at least prepping for one. And, you know, I have to say, some of that has to do with um, the, the nature of many of these companies. They're always searching for new rounds of investment, yep. and they're starting to see that dry up. Therefore, mm -hmm. they need to scale back to simply sustain. Yeah, and money's getting more expensive for them, too, right? So if they do have to go and get money or, you know, get any type of loans or anything like that, it's more expensive now than it was. So, yeah, they're, they're probably trying to plan for at least the next year out and keep costs down and, Get uh, get employees off the books, unfortunately. So the challenge with that, though, so you've got you've got some pretty big name companies, you know, laying folks off, uh, and you know there was a recent study that I read. Uh, it was a cybersecurity firm, uh, Trellix, uh, commissioned a survey, right, where they surveyed a thousand cybersecurity professionals, and the response they got was about thirty percent were looking to potentially leave the industry. Uh, so You've got you've got large companies laying people off. You've got studies that said people voluntarily might step away from the industry. I mean, all of that you know, certainly uh, leads towards more challenging, uh, you know, sort of more challenging in filling security positions that are open, um, which is already tough enough to begin with. Yeah. Already tough enough, right? I think what what do we see? Like, give or take, forty percent of jobs uh, go un unfilled at this point. So, I mean, that, that, that just makes that even harder. Yeah. Job postings also in cybersecurity in general, typically, are, uh, for cybersecurity, they're open way longer than any other IT position. 
right. e- even in markets that are competitive right. uh, outside of them, you know, even more challenging. Yep. Uh, and, and you know, how much of that is, you know, partly due to the fact that this is a reasonably stressful role, typically, uh, you know, it, it takes a certain type of person, I think, to sort of take these and, and, and frankly last in the industry, right? It's, it's not, uh, they're not easy roles. You're oftentimes dealing in sort of high pressure or high stress situations. Um, and I think partly the, the, the filling of open job recs uh, is extra challenging because there's a shortage of the skilled people, right? I mean, I think from a training standpoint, you're seeing a lot of people either have to enter into the positions at a really high level. So you really need experienced people or, you know, really junior where somebody's willing to put a little bit of effort in, but, but that middle ground is really hard to fill. Yeah. It's very similar to, you, you can't be a running back until you're 45, right? <laughs> it, it's like, it's a, it's a young person's game almost in this field. Uh, you know, unless you're moving up into more of a managerial role. Right. Uh, I, th- I think that 30% number might be a lot of people that have been here for a while that are starting to look for, like, like you said, things that are a little less stressful, um, a little less demanding on the, uh, you know, maybe not a SOC analyst. I, I think a lot of them come from organizations that have been hit pretty hard in the last right, two years. It. I mean, depending on where you go, ransomware is up, you know, 25% year over year. Something like seventy percent of organizations that are surveyed and willing to talk anyway say that they've had some just some sort of incident. Um, those are the organizations where things are stagnant because of the last two or three years of uh, chaos in many respects. Mm. Uh, it seems lucrative to people in those roles to exit towards private sector. So there's a pendulum that's swinging back and forth, and I think that's maybe part of the problem. I can't can't make a strong assertion there, but just reading the uh, the wins. So are you, are you suggesting that people are just changing jobs or leaving the industry altogether then? I think there are some people who are at the degree of burnout that might be considering a career change. Uh, you know, IT can be unforgiving and uh, brutal in some respects, especially the case for cybersecurity. Um, when attacks are up and overall support is down, you know, the, the funding of security is down, generally speaking. Therefore, you know, it's harder to actually achieve positive outcomes in those adverse events. So, you know, it only takes one or two to really hurt from a psychological standpoint, as well as family and, you know, everything else that is attached to it. Some people, I think, have made the decision that it's not worth the money that's been stagnant in some of the industries for their position. Yeah, while while these positions can command higher salaries they're not sometimes that's not worth the money right Right. most organizations don't have the the funding to keep enough people around to make that hurt less right so when you get to a certain point in life like you said you you have kids family whatever it might be might be might be burning out (laughs) at some point it's not worth being in that position anymore um so that, that i mean that seems like it would give opportunity then to other folks who might not have that background, right? right. And, and frankly, maybe we need to look at a little bit more diverse candidate pool. Honestly, I think that's a reasonable segue because a lot of the hiring challenges to fulfill the positions that we talked about a moment ago remaining open are actually because there isn't like a junior position that's being opened by many organizations. They only have authority or approval to open one position or to fund one position. So they aim high, therefore bypass anyone with, you know, a trainable background. Yeah. It, 
a lot of candidates don't even get out of that uh, the HR gate, I like to call it. Uh, they'll put these postings out. A lot of times, um, they won't even get into a first interview because you're you're requiring three five years of experience. You're requiring college degrees and all that. In this particular field, a college degree may not equal a, a viable candidate, or you might find a great candidate who never went to college, right? So starting to look at more, like you said, more diverse hiring pool of people that may or may not actually meet a lot of the demands that you have been putting on uh, your recruits before, right? So is there any, is there any good news here in terms of <laughs> employers? Well, I, honestly, right? So we've got some, some companies laying folks off, uh, which would suggest that there will be some candidates in the, in the market who may not, who may not have been there before. Uh, we've got a study that says a certain percentage, may, you know, up around that 30% mark uh, of people might leave voluntarily, um, you know, for, for totally different positions, right? Uh, is it going to get any easier to hire? Uh, do, do we have any choice but to start really looking at, you know, sort of different style candidates? I think there needs to be a greater willingness to establish mentorship and training programs within organizations because you you can hire anyone meeting a technical level of proficiency, but as we've said many, many times here, uh, security is greater than 50% understanding risks to business and business process. Therefore, in my opinion, it's to some degree tolerable to have someone who's a little more junior who can be trained and be brought up to level uh, because the more important aspect is actually understanding the business and what makes it run, what makes it risky, what things need to be understood to protect it. Yeah. And in, and in fairness to these studies, there really is no clarity about what type of role is exiting voluntarily, right? That's or, true. or even really what, what roles those companies are letting go. Uh, they don't, they, you know, it's not necessarily a set of programmers. It's not necessarily purely a set of analysts. All that said, the, the initial thing we mentioned is certainly relative to Silicon Valley um, uh, scuttlebutt, right? No, sure. It's yeah. biased toward service industry. It's biased toward uh, solutions providers, software vendors. Those people started in the defensive IT realm if they weren't application developers purely, right? So they've migrated to Silicon Valley or adjacent uh, organizations and providers. I think that they may simply shift back. If the burnout is uh, as significant as we expect in some places, perhaps they'll return to earlier positions or more comfortable areas. Yeah, yeah, possibly. And, and Silicon Valley itself has changed completely too, right? I mean, it, there's been a mass exodus of that area. It's just gotten too expensive for people to be in. Uh, companies can't pay people the amount of money you need to be paid to stay there. Uh, and quite honestly, venture capital is looking in other directions right now. Right, they they realize that you know high high growth potential companies that are asking for you know billions of dollars now to fund their companies, they're not seeing the returns. Right, so we we have this perfect storm of money's drying up, money's getting more expensive. We don't have enough people, and the people are leaving the industry. Right, <laughs> right, right. It's it's going to be a really difficult time over the next probably three years or so to figure this all out for for everyone. So for everyone. What does that actually mean for impact? If you're not hiring, like how can we, on the other end of that equation, expect 
services to change or diminish or you know become less effective. I, I suspect there's some element of that in this trend that we're talking about. Yeah, <clears throat> as far as how services are going to change, I mean, I think you're going to find that <laughs> calling support is what it used to be, right? Uh, I think you're going to find that you're going to have to find good ways to train people, right? You're going to have to find people in your organization that maybe can come in and do these things with a little bit of training and be willing to do that. Um, and I think people in the security industry, quite frankly, need to be better at training, right? It's always been a real issue in our, our field, mostly because a lot of us got good paying jobs where we are actively practicing, not so much teaching. Right. Right. And, you know, to be, to be fair on that standpoint, a bit of a counter discussion, training is very expensive. Yeah. Like excessively expensive. Be. Right. Right. So there's an element there that, you know, organizations need to invest a bit of money to bring up newer, younger staff or younger is unfair, right? Less experienced in cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. And that has a cost, but it must be accounted for in a budget. If you do that while hiring, uh, I think that changes the the dynamic a little bit and you can seek out differently diverse candidates and be more likely to have hiring success. Right. The I mean the you know the other alternative for for some organizations might be you know outsourcing some of that work, right? Uh, in, in in spaces where you know maybe you don't need full-time security practitioners or you might need support uh, sort of in regulatory compliance. Like you know there there are ways to get to to address organizational gaps uh, sort of using external support or external external labor, right? I think that, um, you know, regulatory bodies are actually beginning to acknowledge that reality. Uh, for example, last late last year, uh, the GLBA safeguard amendments actually included a slight change where you, you only need a qualified designated individual to oversee a program. I'm getting into very specific language, but the point is that you're no longer expected to designate a CISO. That means you can use third party. Right. So, right. The, the trend is to be more flexible in at least that regard. So uh, that, that's an angle yeah. I think it's worth pursuing. And, and I think, you know, really to that point, they're trying to acknowledge that you, know, you might have to lean on somebody who doesn't have that depth of expertise, uh, but is paying attention or, or sort of assigned those duties and expected to be able to fulfill them, you know, to some degree. But without, maybe without that, you know, 10 years of experience that's needed to get into some of these, you know, maybe more senior positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I, I, I'd say it is the first time I, that we really are honestly talking about uh, a downturn in this information security space. Uh, you know, it, it's been, you know, to your point, Matt, right. It, it's been reasonably well-paid, uh, reasonably easy to get positions. Um, and in a lot of ways, I think, you know, peers can kind of write their own, their own ticket to some degree. And now that we're st- starting to see, you know, some layoffs. Uh, and layoffs in product in the product space that I think we know is really important, right? So it's it's not it's not some niche security technology. I mean, these are really mainstream companies that are offering a service that mostly every company is utilizing in some way. Um, I mean, the, that it's it's a real harbinger of things to come. All the same, like we like I said earlier, they're meeting their revenue targets now. Those product-driven companies have been heavily dependent upon funding after funding after funding round 
in order to sustain the level of investment and development that has been frankly needed to address the evolving nature of cybersecurity, we may be reaching a bit of a plateau where they're still hitting their revenue projections, perhaps, but we're not seeing wildly exploratory development. Less investment in R&D. You know, the, the, the product sets might be as capable, but it's just a yeah, ebb and flow of the cycle. Especially with, with these companies, with the way, they were, uh, way their valuations worked when they got this money. Just because they're hitting revenue targets doesn't mean they're profitable. Of course. Right? These, That's these people burn cash so much. <laughs> right. right. And, and, you know, we all knew it was going to catch up with this industry. We all knew it. And I guess here we are. <laughs> yeah. And we'll see a consolidation to some degree. I, I yeah. mean, we recently went to a conference where, you know, there were these next generation AV vendors. I mean, that, that probably was 50% of the vendor space yeah. where we were. Uh, all offering largely the same things, the large, you know, largely the same capabilities. We're going to see a consolidation, I think. So, you know, it might not be as dire as we're painting, at least in that industry. Yeah, I, I think we we have a lot of tools, we have a lot of software out there now. It's time to start getting the, the people to back it up and actually use all this stuff. And that's that's where you have to fill the gap right now. So, uh, to some degree, then, in conclusion, because this is probably not as specific as some of the discussions we often have. It, it probably is our way of saying, you know, pay attention to the industry a little bit, understand that you know, it might get a little bit more challenging hiring people. I think there's, there's people who are reevaluating their career trajectories. I think people are reevaluating sort of value and, and the value of the pay that they receive and, and sort of, you know, that commensurate with the level of effort they put in or, or the stress that they have. Um, maybe be a little bit more open to the types of folks that you're interviewing uh, when, when people are actually looking at candidates. Um, you'll give people an opportunity to grow into positions, perhaps might be a, might be a strategy. Along with, you know, training budget increase, like I suggested, and um, overall willingness to expend personnel time towards better utilizing existing investments in the space. Because that, that and certainly in our experience on a regular basis, is frankly where um, the mark is missed a lot of the time. Yep. It may not be necessary to expand workforce if the existing tools in play are used more effectively. You know, there are lots of levers to pull. Fair enough. Well, as always, guys, yeah, thanks for joining today. Uh, interesting topic. Uh, maybe maybe not one of the most uplifting ones we've, we've had, but at the same time, I think it's fair to keep an eye on, really an eye on this industry and just understand uh, where it's going to, and, and frankly, how it's going to affect you know, organizations from a hiring standpoint. Stay vigilant. Stay resilient. This has been Cyber Sound. <laughs>